630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Wrist shot, save Talbot. Rebound, Tumble Bupin. Wrist shot, Martinez, save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. 12 seconds, wrist shot, Martinez. Save made by Cam Talbot. And here come the Oilers, 2 on 1 to win it. McDavid in for the left hand side. Dry Settle waits. There's the center pass. Left timer home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. The Eskimos are getting healthy, and there's a new chick in town. John Chick, that is, the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos. He'll join us here on Inside Sports tonight. Brendan Ulrich with you. Reed Wilkins off this week. And, uh, you know, the running joke right now is uh, as the Eskimos... uh, you know, they've had injury problems this season. The bug's been spreading around. Now it's uh, spreading to the broadcasters. Dave Campbell was expected to uh, host this show tonight uh, for Reed Wilkins, but he is having some back issues. So he's on uh, the one-day injured list. We'll, we'll call it that. And uh, I am in studio tonight. Kellen is here as well. How are things going, Kellen? Doing pretty good. It's good to see you again, Ulrich. Are you... Uh, you know, over the thrill ride of SummerSlam last night? Or? Oh, wasn't that a great, solid show from front to yeah, back? That was pretty good. That was really good. I enjoyed yeah. the main event. Oh, that, that main good. event was Anarchy Unleashed. If you haven't had a chance to see it, go see it. Uh, on the program tonight, as we mentioned, John Chick here coming up here uh, in about a minute or so, actually. We'll get to him shortly on the program. Uh, Bob Stoffer. He is the host of Oilers now. He is back from holidays, so we're putting him to work today. He'll join us at about 6.30. At 6.50, Roger McMillan will be on. He uh, just ran the Edmonton Marathon, his 100th marathon in about 10 years. He started running marathons at the age of 69. He's now 79, uh, and he just completed his uh, 100th marathon over the weekend. Incredible story. We'll talk to Roger at about 6.50 at 7. Drew Edwards will be on, editor of Three Down Nation, Tie Cats beat writer, and uh, Morley Scott coming up at 7.15. He'll have the coaches show at 7.30 with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. We mentioned the Eskimos are getting healthy. More on that in a second, but the big news is the Eskimos bringing in John Chick over the weekend. We'll hear from John in a second. Here's uh, Brock Sunderland on how John Chick can help this team right now. It's a lot more to football than stats and what we viewed on film was that he's the same guy. We didn't think he was the same guy and that he could be highly productive whether that's sacks, numbers, tackles or just disrupting the quarterback and creating plays for the rest of his teammates we wouldn't have done this. We have full confidence that he's the John Chick that he's always been. Well I mean he can answer that. I don't want to speak for him but I think a lot of times you get refreshed. He's going from a situation where they're in a dog fight for the playoffs and right now we're in a good position so I would think he would get energized, but I don't want to speak for him. He can he can handle that one. On the field or off, it's pretty hard to find anybody who says anything bad about him, too. Like He seems like he's a really good human being, too. That, that's a key contributor to why we did it, is we want to bring high-character guys in. He's a leader. I believe he was the team captain in Hamilton. So, um, like I said, he checked every box. He's a very good football player, first and foremost, a great person. And uh, we think he's going to add a lot of value both on and off the field, not only to our team in locker room, but to all of Edmonton. He has uh, two Grey Cup rings to his name, just two ta- two sacks rather this season, but he had 14 a year ago. He's dominant. Uh, has he lost a step? We'll find out. 
But, uh, you know, if you're the Eskimos, why not take a chance on this guy? And that's what they're doing here. They trade a second-round pick for him in the CFL draft. And we'll see if he can uh, help the Eskimos here moving forward. He'll play against Saskatchewan, one of his former teams, on Friday. And we bring aboard to the program the newest Eskimo. It is John Check. John, you're on Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, a bit of a whirlwind uh, day for you? It has been, yeah, but uh, good day. Good day. Well, I'm sure it's a good day, but I guess let's just start with your reaction to uh, the trade from Hamilton. Did you sense at all that uh, something was in the works? Um, I know it's been a struggle this season for the Ticats, but were you at right. all surprised that this happened? A uh, lot of emotions. Yeah, yes, yes and no. Uh, you know, seen clubs in, in this position before. Uh, definitely fully expected something to happen uh didn't know or expect it necessarily to to be me but uh you know it i I can understand for a number of reasons uh why they'd want to do that i guess um you know uh, that that all that being said uh yeah you know it was just uh, shock at first, but you know, once you're told the the team and, and place you're going, all that kind of stuff, you, you accept it, you know. And uh, nobody wants to play, and it's just truth, you know. It's uh, once you do know that, it's more of a, a thankfulness, right? If if there are certain thoughts about you or a team sees you as, uh, you know, maybe somebody that they can play without, well, okay. I think you're better off not playing there. So it was uh, not only that, and then the, the place where I was going uh, and, and knowing what they're about and what you see them do week in and week out, and uh, it, it was a blessing in disguise. And, and it always is. You know, it's how my wife and I, we, we kind of approached our life. A uh, lot of football it's out of your control you know you, you control your your personal work your uh things you do the attitude you come with all that kind of stuff but everything else is uh you know somewhat out of your control and and uh, uh we've been blessed by it all yeah well you said it was a good thing that uh you're coming here to edmonton now uh you did uh match up against edmonton twice already this season with hamilton of course you're familiar with the league as well and what edmonton has been able to do the last few seasons uh with mike riley but going up against them this season uh what was it like going up against mike riley this group and uh you know now that you know you're part of this team how excited are you yeah uh well Facing them, they're always a competitive group. Uh, you know, solid offensive line. Uh, you know, big guys. Mike Riley's, you know, ultimate competitor. Uh, even if you do get to him, he's gonna he's gonna keep fighting and, and trying to break tackles and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, that they have that uh, just that fight. And uh, you know, as a defensive lineman, uh, you know, I know we talk in our locker room and you see what guys talk about. Uh, I know this D line, this front has had the envy of uh, the linemen across the league for for a while now just because of what they do. You you can see what's coached. You can see what's being taught. Guys are getting off the ball. Guys are getting to the quarterback. Uh, they're having fun. They're flying around. Uh, they're, they're causing mayhem. And to get to be a part of that uh, is just exciting. You know, that, that was the, the thrill of, uh, you know, the whole thing is, you know, get to go be part of uh, what they're already doing and, and bring my mix to it. Uh, you know, it's just uh, 
Uh, exciting. You did talk about Riley. Uh, I believe he had some fun saying uh, some of the hardest hits he's received uh, here in the CFL have been from you. Did you guys have some fun with that joke about it today? Oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, he he gave me some love and uh, definitely have always uh, shared respect uh, on on the field. You know, um, uh, definitely have got to him a couple times. But uh, I'm guessing in the wins loss columns, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, you know he he's probably had the upper edge there. So. Uh, like I said, it's uh, always exciting and, and to, to get to play with and, and for somebody like that. Uh, you know, quarterbacks lead lead your teams, and uh, you know he's a he's a great competitor. Do you remember any of those hits that you delivered on him? Yeah, I remember a couple, of course. You know, yeah, uh, I, I remember <laughs> most of uh, of the big ones, you know, against uh, uh, a lot of guys, but you, you definitely remember against uh, uh, the best guys, you know, and uh, when, when you get there, it uh, it's all the more memorable because they're, they're tough to get. Brendan Allark with you on Inside Sports chatting with the uh, newest Eskimo, John Chick. Let's talk about where your game's at right now, John. Uh, you had a monster season in uh, 2016, uh, 14 quarterback sacks, uh, two off the league lead. You were a most outstanding defensive player nominee, a CFL All-Star, the list goes on. This season, though, you know the Ticats have struggled. I'm sure your numbers aren't where you were hoping they would be, but where do you think your game is at, and what do you think you can add here uh, with the Eskimos, or to the Eskimos? Yeah, yeah, no, I think my game is uh, where it's always been, if not better. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe that when I, when I can't compete at the the level that uh, I expect, uh, which is, is always to be better, uh, you know, it, it's time to hang them up. And uh, uh, I, I, I know how I train. I know what I can do, what my physical abilities are, and it's it's all there. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle uh, statistical Twice and and some of those things are, are sometimes out of out of control. But uh, uh, yeah, as far as what I can add here, I'm just you know like I said, excited about it. It's uh, uh, even just day one here, getting back to uh, uh, being taught stance, get off, uh, getting the quarterback. Those those key fundamentals that uh, I firmly believe in. Uh, I'm just excited about uh, uh, bringing that to my repertoire. Well, just looking at this D-line as well that you're coming into, uh, Odell Willis, we know how good he is. Uh, Sewell's been banged up, but it sounds like he's close to getting back. He's been a force in this league for a long time. Some younger guys as well that I'm sure you'll help out, uh, Bowers and Boateng. Just looking at this line, though, you must be excited to uh, work with a lot of these guys. Uh, yeah, very much so. I've been watching them all year. Yeah, and like I said, they're, they're guys that just they get after it. Uh, I know that they they put uh, a lot of thought into to quarterbacks' minds, and uh, that's a, that's fun because that's uh, what my job is. Well, I'm sure they're looking forward to working with you as well. And uh, Mike Benavides, he's been around in the CFL for a long time as was defensive coordinator. Uh, how quickly do you think I'll be able to adjust to uh, this defensive scheme? Uh, I think very quick. You know, I uh, got to work with Mike a little bit uh, in Sask uh, for a, a training camp. Know him, uh, watched him for, for years in, in this league, and a uh, great coach. I know he's got the respect of uh, all his players. And uh, just already day one, uh, having met with him, gone through meetings and a practice, uh, just it's looking forward to it. And I think I'll, I'll fit in nice. 
Well, it's a quick turnaround here. Uh, you do have a week of practice, but uh, that game on Friday against Saskatchewan is a big game. So, uh, I mean, the Eskimos have been good all season, but they need to keep winning with uh, how tough that West Division is. So how amped up are you to, to get right into the fire here and uh, try to win the West Division here with the Eskimos in uh, some divisional matchups here coming up? Right. No, that's always what it's about, and uh, just bringing your A game. And, and right now, it's about me uh, being my best for this week. And uh, and uh, happens to be against uh, a great Western competitor, against uh, a former team, and so all that uh, will bring even more to it. Uh, and like I said, it's it's going to be fun. You know, it's a big big opportunity for us here at home. And uh, again, excited to call this place home now, and looking forward to. Uh, uh, getting that first W in a, a new uniform. Well, just before we let you go, John, I just want to get to know you a little bit better, and some of the fans as well listening to Inside Sports tonight would like to get to know you. I know they've watched you on TV for a long time, but I understand that you have eight kids. So are you bringing all the kids here to Edmonton? Are they going to find a way easily? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. Don't have anything uh, figured out yet, but, uh, yeah, get someone to help get my wife across the country. Uh, and find a place, get our kids into school, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we do have eight kids, uh, and uh, you know I thrive on them, and uh, vice versa. You know, it's uh, uh, we are uh, family oriented, and uh, you know I, I I'm not good at what I do without them, and and vice versa. I, I'm not who I'm supposed to be. So that's awesome. How old are all the kids? Uh, my oldest is 11. Youngest is should be two in a few months. So, uh, and everyone in between. You know, we got uh, what nine, eight, seven. Let's say nine, eight, six, uh, four, and two. It's almost like a football team. That's a, it's a lot of kids. Yeah. Well, it should be uh, should be fun. I'm sure they'll enjoy Edmonton as well when they get out here. Uh, a couple more things. Favorite Canadian city to to visit. Or playing for that matter too as well. Right, you know the the longer we're here, the more we just fall in love with all of it. Uh, you know, we uh, lived in Sass for a number of years. It was a great place. We, uh, you know, my wife and I got to uh, watch a Grey Cup in BC. It's a beautiful city. I've always loved uh, that area. I've always loved uh, Alberta. Both, you know, between Calgary and Edmonton, and and in between, uh, you know, the mountains there and all that. It's just a beautiful country. Uh, we enjoy our time in Ontario. Love the Great Lakes, uh, the falls, all that kind of stuff out there. So uh, a lot of beauty here. Uh, you know, I'm a northern guy myself. Uh, grew up in Wyoming. So uh, north definitely has some beauty to it. And uh, don't know if I could just pick one if someone were to ask. Uh, if it was a, uh, just a outing with my wife you know i i like the the ocean feel of of bc and, and all that if it was a family thing I'd, I'd take them camping and get into uh the the uh bam for alberta mountain somewhere and, and that so uh well yeah you are from the states uh you also played in the nfl uh do you have a favorite memory from uh, your nfl experience Ah, shoot. You know, as a player, I'm sure, uh, you know, a receiver is, or a quarterback's, uh, their memory is a, a touchdown or a, a catch or something like that. You know, mine's always the, the sacks. And uh, I got the uh, sack uh, 
well, a few guys, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger was a was a fun sack uh, <laughs> for a number of reasons. But uh, it was uh, it was good. We we struggled in the in the year I was playing. I had a lot of good memories though. Man, I played in Indy as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good memories. Uh, more of your memories are from the locker room, from uh, just the uh, bonding experiences, all that kind of stuff. But uh, are, you know, my greatest memories in football are winning the cup. You know, and, and the process it took, what that what that was, what that energy was like in the locker room, what the chemistry was, you know, and uh, how it was. It was more than X's and O's. It was a feeling. It was belief. It was that mindset, and uh, that's what all teams are striving and uh, are, are are striving for. And uh, like I said, I'm excited to be here, and, and I I get that sense. I get that feeling around these guys. That's funny you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. I'm a big Bengals fan, so I'm all for you sacking him <laughs> any day of the week. So that's nice. awesome. <laughs> Do you have a favorite well, NFL also, team? Uh, I also- I also got a Andy Dalton sack, so that was good. Oh, geez, you had to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have a favorite athlete or someone you uh, you know try to base your game after? Uh, you know, I try to pick up the best of all. You know, I'm I don't think I'm probably anything like. You know, I, I played with Fernie and Mathis for a year and a half, and uh, probably very different type of player than them. But you know, being around great players all along i try to pick up hey something from their game that that i can add add to mine and there's definitely things that i can't do you know and uh, and so even even being here I'll, I'll try and steal what i can from odell and <laughs> uh, and, and vice versa you know i think that's what uh, uh uh the competitors do is they're, they're always trying to get better so uh, not just one guy for sure no uh, you know, I grew up in Wyoming. We didn't even have a team. I, I was a Broncos fan, uh, but uh, never quite idolized any one one person. Just uh, tried to figure out, hey, who who was hitting the the guy the hardest, and uh, how I could emulate certain things. That's the newest Eskimo, John Chick, joining us here on Inside Sports. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'll update you on who was back at practice for the Eskimos today. Bob Stoffer at 6.30 as well. That's all ahead here on Inside Sports. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6.30 Chad. Ask me to be your savior But I'm a poster boy for bad behavior Here on Inside Sports, Brendan Ulrich with you. Reed Wilkins on holidays this week. I'll be in this chair tonight and Thursday. I believe Dave Campbell will be in Tuesday and Wednesday. And, of course, the Eskimo game will be uh, on this station on Friday night. The Eskimos and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We mentioned John Chick at practice for the Eskimos today. We heard from him in the opening segment. The Eskimos also getting healthy. Brandon Zilstra, Almondo Sewell were both uh, on the field at practice today, both expected to play against Saskatchewan on Friday night. Uh, we know Reed Wilkins is on holidays. Bob Stoffer recently back from holidays, and he was uh, in this chair earlier today hosting Oilers Now. Bob, how are things going? Uh, good, Brandon. How are you? 
Not bad at all. You know, uh, I'm always uh, open to uh, hosting Inside Sports. It's a good opportunity. And uh, it gives me a chance to talk more Game of Thrones with you. I know we were talking about this a lot earlier today. And get this, Reed Wilkins has recently started watching the show, Bob. As you know, he talks a lot of Star Wars on this show. But now it's more about Game of Thrones. And uh, I recently found out, well, as early as today, that you're also a fan. I did not know this. You shocked me today. You know what? I'm a I'm a fan of uh, elite, right? Which is why I like uh, Alabama football, uh, <laughs> which is where I'm hoping the Edmonton Oilers get to, uh, and they got a heck of a chance building some of the uh, foundations. And you know, it's uh, it's a terrific show, and it's uh, you know we all have different uh, different things we're into at different stages in their lives. And when you're a parent on a Sunday night, you're you know when I used to work in the uh, restaurant bar business, uh, Brendan, that used to be the entertainment night. Uh, back in the uh, late 80s and into the early 1990s. And uh, there was a place called the Sidetrack Cafe that everybody went to that worked in that business on, on Sunday night. But I'm at a completely different stage, and uh, there's nothing lo- uh, wrong with a little bit of escapism once in a while. And that show does better than everybody else, as evidenced by uh, their uh, their award-winning haul at uh, various award shows like uh, the Emmys and that sort of thing. It's a great show. So, And as in terms of you getting uh, on airtime, I mean, I, I cannot imagine, nor can read, what it would like to be uh, 27 years of age and to be getting the amount of field time on the air that you are getting and that you're getting paid for it. Uh, <laughs> some of us uh, were prepared to block slap shots in the news to get a chance to work as broadcasters going back some 20 years ago. Uh, so you get tremendous opportunities, so make it count, man. Make it count. Well, I'm trying, and we got to, you know, we're covering two really good teams right now in the city of Edmonton in the uh, football scene with yeah, the Eskimos absolutely. and uh, the Oilers. So it's a great well, time to get involved. Well, it, it is, and it, I mean, it's interesting because both organizations are building up some depth. And uh, I, I take a look at, uh, you know, I realize, uh, you know, our show is the Oilers now that you and me work on on a day to day basis. You, of course, have worked on the football broadcast with, with uh, Morley and Dave. Uh, but uh, the fact is, I mean, I'm I'm an Edmontonian, and I love teams from this marketplace, you know. And I've cheered for them all my life. And uh, the Eskimos are they're a really good team. I mean, they're seven one. That's ridiculous the amount of injuries. Uh, I know that uh, when Morley alerted everybody to the you know who was potentially back in the lineup, I think that bodes well. And I like the trade too with John Chicken. Let's not forget there was a pretty big trade back in 2005 with the Hamilton Ticats uh, that. Uh, helped uh, the Eskimos when Jason Moss uh, was, you know, in theory the number two quarterback behind Ricky Ray. But uh, the Eskimos made a trade with Hamilton that ultimately uh, brought Hamilton Jason Moss. He was the player to be named later, but that was Troy Davis, the running back that they got out of the Ticats. The Eskimos, uh, you know, they needed to, uh, if I'm, I'm trying to recall correctly here, I think that either Pringle hit, it was here in Hurt or there was an injury during the course of the season. But the bottom line was they brought in Davis. It was a heck of a back. Hamilton was having a tough year. And here we are again. And the Eskimos, you know, reach out to Hamilton and, uh, you know, do a flip of picks. And the Eskimos take on John Chick, who's been a real good uh, defensive lineman in the CFL for a number of years, to address an area of need because it doesn't sound like Marcus Howard's coming back anytime soon. So uh, that's the sort of thing you got to do. I'm going to be really intrigued to see what this Eskimo team looks like when they're close to healthy, because as you know, right now they are not close to healthy. 
Well, yeah, and you look at the offense, all the weapons they have all of a sudden, Bob, with Bryant Mitchell stepping up, Duke Williams, and then they they get Zilstra back at practice. He'll play against Saskatchewan. Sounds like Bowman is close, too. So what do you do with all these guys? Stafford even has been, you know, looking pretty good filling in, and uh, he played a role in their last Great Cup win, too. So there's just so many options, but how are they going to get them all on the field once all these guys are back is the question. Well, and I mean, the other thing is you've got, uh, you know, I know one week they went with three imports on the offensive line or whatever they call it now, uh, uh, (laughs) three internationals on the offensive line. You'll get that one sooner. I know you just like to have fun with that one. I like to have fun with that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the injuries to the secondary have played a a factor. I mean, Calhoun was the starting quarterback or cornerback. That was the Canadian. I mean, that's a ratio changer for a team. So uh, there's – they've they've – They've got something with this group. Uh, I still think Calgary, if you take a look, if you operate on the same principles, and I do operate on these principles, uh, you know, I look at goal for, goals against differential in hockey as a key category, and I think that points for and points against in football reveals a lot about the strength of teams. It, it, to me, it appears as though Calgary is the best team in, in the league. Uh, you know, they're whatever the case. I mean, I think there's 7-1-1 one, and one in the Eskimos at 7-1. and one at this time. But I, that said, if the Eskimos get close to healthy for that home-and-home home with Calgary in September, I expect a, a split uh, for Edmonton. I clearly see them being as capable of at least winning the game. You're around there. I mean, you're down for all those home games. You see firsthand the ability that uh, Mike Riley has to, to get with. And you got to have a leader. you got to have a driver. He drives it on offense. That defensive line, to me, was a big part of the equation as well. The amount of push they got, we saw it firsthand, and I came, in, uh, you know, in Hamilton. But then they suffered all those injuries and didn't have the, the same uh, ability against Winnipeg, and to, had to rotate guys in and out of the lineup to to try to stay healthy. Now that they looks like they got is Sewell going to be back for the game against Saskatchewan? Or yeah, it sounds like it? he'll be back. Yeah, against Sewell back and then checking the lineup. That's going to change the complexion in terms of what the Eskimos can do uh, defensively as well. So. It's an exciting time on the football front, and it's an exciting time on the hockey front as well. They might also get uh, Arjun Colhoun back in the secondary, so that would be big as well. But yes, no, the Oilers. Was, oh, sorry. He what? was on the he was on the sixth game, so is he able to? How does that work? Like, has he sat out enough games already? Or they can take guys off, but then it counts towards the salary cap, so they have to make uh, suggestions. Oh, or that. Okay. So that's sort of how it works, I believe. Well, that's terrific that you know that. Help. Well, we'll talk about it more with Morley. He knows it better than me, but uh, sure, yes. Perfect. There's some maneuvering there that'll need to be done if he were to come off, as with Bowman as well. But yes, Oilers, and uh, you were back on Oilers now today, Bob. Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it seems like ever since uh, Leon Dreisaitl signed that extension, everyone assumes that he'll be traded, not this season, but next season when McDavid's contract kicks in, that big cap hit. So you were saying not so fast, and uh, you made a good point earlier on Oilers now that if you were to stay, uh, maybe a few other guys would need to be moved out, but it's uh, it's possible that they could still keep Nugent Hopkins. Let's just see how this season plays out. Well, I know there was a uh, piece, uh, written by, I believe the guy got, goes by the handle uh, Euler Nerd Alert or Euler's Nerd Addict, and I, I apologize if I, I can't verify which one of the two it is. I took a look at it uh, today. James Myrtle had retweeted it. Uh, uh, James is with The Athletic, and he's a, a big player at The Athletic, which is a, an emerging uh, web-based uh, uh, you know, sports subscription site and formerly of the Globe and Mail. And the guy made a pretty compelling case as to 
you know, maybe what the, you know, the fact to 42% of the time, there are some clouds talked about this wood guy, just about the top, you know, 42% of the time, Nugent Hopkins is facing elite competition from opposition teams. So he's kind of in the role of, of going head-to-head against other teams' top centers. Uh, and then who was the defense that he was paired with? Because Chris Russell is a guy that uh, does some good things, blocks a lot of shots, uh, you know, he's a dive-in-a-grenade type player. But the team tends to spend more uh, time in their own zone. And then there was uh, an allusion to the fact that Nugent Hopkins is also a guy that cycles down defensively a bit lower than some of the other centers. doesn't team as much. And that perhaps has limited some of his offense as well. And we know Todd McClellan's talked about the fact that Nugent's got to maybe take the governor off. Uh, I'd like to see that happen. I, I, I don't know. Put, put it this way. It could be difficult in theory uh, when you're playing $12.5 million for Connor and eight and a half million for Leon. That's twenty one million dollars. Plus, you got Lucic with a no movement at six. That gets you to twenty seven. You keep another forward at six. But that said, if that forward is your third most important forward, maybe there's a way you, you address it. And there's a you know we know that Maroon's an unrestricted free agent. Latestu is an unrestricted free agent. At the end of this upcoming season, my guess is Mark would probably do a short you know short term fairly simple deal to, to play another year or potentially two in Edmonton as a fourth line right wing. Uh, in terms of Maroon, uh, if I was his agent, I would try to get anywhere from three and a half to four million a year on a three to four year deal. And, and that might that might be the push point right there, just between those two players, between Nugent Hopkins and Maroon. And then the wild card is, how does the team perform? And this is the wild card. How does it perform without Secker in the lineup? Like, if, if, if they're fine, does that change the course and direction of what you do. I mean, you value Nugent Hopkins. I mean, you know, then we don't we, we don't we also don't know what the actual cap's gonna be. But there's lots of different variables there. You got a restricted free agent in Strom. I, I, I see the Oilers looking to give him a couple of years to see what he could do here. You traded Jordan Everlay for him. Uh, other restricted free agents include Benning and Nurse. You know, what sort of uh you assign both of those defensemen as examples to bridge deals, and I think that's the most likely scenario. So everyone's kind of looking ahead to a year from now. Let's see how, Brendan, this year pans out before anything. You know, like if Nugent Hopkins puts up 65 or 70 points, and I don't know if that's possible if he doesn't spend any time with McDavid, but if he gets 25 to 35% of his five-on-five time with McDavid, his numbers are going to spike. And conversely, if Maroon's not playing on the first line with McDavid, his numbers drop, as an example. And where does, you know, is, is it slam dunk? He needs Sekra as a top two defenseman? Uh, or, 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 you know, in, in theory, the top pairing we know is going to be uh, Clefline and Larson. So all these sort of things, I think, still have to be wait and see before we know what the course of action is most likely to be. Well, we'll learn some of those answers in training camp. Before that, though, Bob, it's uh, the Young Stars Tournament, and uh, that's, what, two and a half weeks away? Less than that? I don't even know. It's pretty close. But we also found out today that, uh, well, I know you sort of hinted at this to me a little while ago, but uh, today it was officially announced by the Oilers that they will not be taking on the Golden Bears in the annual Oilers versus Golden Bears rookie game. It will be against uh, a combination team here. McEwen and Nate will form an all-star team to take on the Oilers rookies, which will be headlined by Kaylor Yamamoto. So, uh, not a surprise to you, but a lot of people surprised by this uh, from what I've been reading on Twitter earlier from earlier today. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm not privy to the conversations in terms of the 
the depth of, of what maybe went on there. But what I will tell you is that Grant McEwen has a strategic partnership uh, with uh, the Oilers Entertainment Group. I mean, take a look at where Grant McEwen's currently playing in the community rink right now. So people need to factor that sort of thing in. Uh, now, in, I am a former SID at the University of Alberta. I did their games for 13 years. Uh, I will tell you that it's my belief that Stan Marple has recruited about as good of a group of uh, you know uh, players as they've seen at the U of A in a long time. Like they have got sixty point scores in the WHL. They're going to be on their fourth line this year. Um, I don't think the same depth as it stands right now with Grant McEwen and Nate combined is going to have the same kind of firepower as uh, the Oilers. But the strategic partnership is there from a Grant McEwen perspective in particular. And let's not forget, Brendan, in Calgary. In Calgary, there are two schools, University of Calgary and Mount Royal, that are in the Canada West. And I would think that with a push from the Oilers Entertainment Group, you could see in time, uh, you know, opportunity maybe for Grant McEwen to end up being uh, playing above the ACAC, which does not play for a national championship, bad, and uh, a chance to play for a national championship in the CIF. Now, Will Alberta still be a very good program? Yes. Do I know anything more about the negotiations? Not that I would say, because I'm not 100% right. I wouldn't have 100% knowledge of everything that went on. But what I will tell you is there's a strategic partnership with Grant McEwen, and the end result is the game is what the game is, and that's what we got coming up here. When we come back from the rookie tournament, uh, so I wonder if that means Yamamoto's going to play two. I'm going to assume he's going to play two games in Penticton. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be a fun tournament for everybody involved. Well, other than Yamamoto, who else are you looking forward to seeing? Is Benson going to take part? Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's been anything officially put out in terms of... Uh, I, I, I would suggest that... Uh, you know what? I can't say 100% right now that Tyler Benson's going to be playing at Penticton. I, I, you know, I would expect... I don't know as an example where Ethan Bear's at in terms of his you know, I, you know, I want to see where it bears at Jones and Mantha, guys like that on the defense. Um, I don't actually have the roster. I think Benson would be there, but will he play? I don't know that for sure. If he had off-season uh, surgery, then the answer would be no. So, I, But I, I, there hasn't actually been an update from the owners on that front. All right, Bob, we'll leave it at that. If you're looking for a good laugh tonight, uh, turn on Monday Night Football. The Cleveland Browns are on I'm Monday on. Night Football. <laughs> right they, they got they got a guy that played quarterback in Notre Dame and wasn't good enough to play there, uh, starting to keep this man the Browns. They do have Miles Garrett, though, and he's a pretty special player. But uh, well, That's the only reason why they're on Monday Night Football tonight, is to see Miles Garrett, I'll tell you that. They, uh, they made their uh, star tackle, Joe Thomas, named the 18 starting quarterbacks in Cleveland since he's been there. <laughs> And he got them all, so that's impressive. That's uh, it's uh, an amazing situation with that organization. You'll have to bug Jack Michaels. You know what? Get Jack on uh, one of these days. You know he's a huge Browns fan, and he's been living in frustration for years about this. So have some fun. Have some fun tonight, Brendan. Okay, Bob, and you and Speck will have some fun tomorrow on Oilers Now. We'll talk to you then. Yeah. Bye. That's Bob Stoffer, host of Oilers Now, our Oilers uh, radio analyst here on 630. Chad, 649 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will get to Roger McMillan. He uh, just completed his 100th marathon in less than 10 years, and he didn't start running until the age of 69. Outstanding story. We'll talk to him when we get back. 
Back here on Inside Sports, 653 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you. We are going to chat here quickly with Roger McMillan. He just uh, participated in his 100th marathon uh, on Sunday. His goal was to get to 100 marathons before the age of 80. Outstanding stuff. Started running at the age of 69. Roger, you're on Inside Sports. How are things going? I'm doing fine, thank you. Have you recovered from uh, the marathon that you ran on Sunday yet? Yes, I have just about uh, fully recovered. My back's a little bit sore, but that was before the marathon, but I'm okay. Wow, that's outstanding. Chatting with uh, Roger McMillan here. Uh, He has ran 100 marathons in uh, just under 10 years, and uh, was that a goal you set out uh, a while back to accomplish that? How did this come about to get to 100 marathons here in such a short period of time? Well, uh, after about my fifth or sixth one, or maybe my tenth, I can't remember exactly, but I, uh, I figured, well, uh, this, uh, to, to run it before I was 80 years old was my target, and I thought it was attainable, and when I got to my 50th, about, I think it was about five years ago, four or five years ago, I, I started really ramping up uh, the, the entries then, so, and I, I made it with six weeks to spare. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's quite impressive. Uh, well, congratulations on getting there. Um, what was this race like for you, knowing that uh, this was sort of a special milestone for yourself? Oh, well, I was really looking forward to it because uh, late on Friday night, I was surprised by some friends that came into town. And uh, my daughter, who's on holiday up here from Costa Rica, and my grandkids were here. And she'd all organized these friends to come to the finish with me and run in the last 500 meters. So I had all my grandkids and even the family dog. So it was really, really special. Yeah, I bet. And uh, I saw a picture. So they all met you at the finish line. What was that like when you finally got there? Yeah. Well, that was awesome. It was it almost brought me to tears. It was, it was actually that was the highlight of the day, even more so than completing the marathon. Now, for you, does each race get tougher as you get a little bit older, or is it easier with experience? No, I think it's a bit of both. I think uh, they're not really difficult I, because I'm not racing. You've got to remember I'm a recreational runner. I'm not really racing, so I don't bother about the clock. Uh, yeah. But they, they have got easier with experience probably, and uh, some, some are tougher than others. Uh, sometimes it depends how you feel on the day. Yesterday I felt, I felt great yesterday. Well, um, what do you train at all? You, you talked about not ru- racing per se, but you're still participating in a long-distance event here. Um, I mean, there must be a lot of preparation that goes into this. What do you do to get yourself prepared? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, this dog is my granddaughter's dog, and I walk it every day of the week, most of the year, except when I'm away on holiday. But I I only run now twice a week, sometimes three times, and maybe 10K, and once in a while I'll do 16K, but that's about it because... I think with running so many marathons in a year, I think you keep a good base. So you, you don't, you just need to sort of uh, top it up, I, uh, as the saying goes. Well, now that you uh, got to 100, what's next? Are you still planning to compete uh, as long as you can? Oh, I'm certainly going to do that. I, I've got no specific target now, and I, I don't, <laughs> I have no aspirations of doing 200, but I've got three more this year, and uh, I'm hoping to do several more next year so we'll we'll just have to see if my health stays uh, stays good I'll, I'll be fine i'll keep doing them so this has become one of your big passions like what do you enjoy the most about it i guess 
Well, it's the camaraderie, and you meet so many nice people on the course, and, uh, you know, you speak to people from all over the world, really, and, uh, you know, I speak to some first-time marathoners, and uh, I've got friends that have done 500 marathons, and, wow. and even beyond that. But, of course, they've been running since they were 20 years old, and now some of them are older than me. But in, in retrospect, I wish I'd started when I was in my 30s, and, well, maybe not. You know, I, I'm, I'm very happy with what I've achieved. Well, maybe you'd be in the Olympics if you uh, started a little earlier. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I, I was never a fantastic athlete, but I just like, I've done a lot of sports, but I never excelled at anything, but I've always enjoyed it. I've, I've always sort of kept in shape. You know, you've got to keep moving. You know, and of course, like all of us, the aim is to stay alive a little bit longer. Absolutely. So this one was in Edmonton. Uh, where else have you participated in uh, the marathons uh, in terms of reaching this goal? Where else have you uh, been? Oh, I've done uh, my favorite one of all time is Yakima River Canyon in Washington State. I've done that one 10 times. And uh, uh, as you probably know, a lot of uh, marathon run runners, they, a lot of them, they do the 50 states in the U.S. and the 10 provinces. Uh, I've got no aspirations to do that. I prefer to do the same ones that I've done before because uh, I know how to get there. I know where to stay and, how, and, and it's familiarity. So I, I've done New York once. I've done the Marine Corps Marathon once. I've done Dublin in Ireland twice. Loch Ness in Scotland six times, and I'm doing it again in five weeks' time. So uh, that's uh, just some of them. I've done a couple in California. Uh, I think I've done about ten states and three, three or four provinces. Manitoba, Winnipeg, I've done four or five times. Very inspirational. That's Roger McMillan. Uh, his picture was uh, on the front cover of the Edmonton Sun today, and he just uh, completed his 100th marathon uh, before getting to the age of 80. Started at the age of 69. So as I said, inspirational, great story. That's Roger McMillan. When we come back here on Inside Sports, we will be joined by Drew Edwards. We have Morley Scott coming up as well. The uh, Coaches Show with Morley Scott and Jason Moss just after 7.30. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.